This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hockey! My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, talking about a hockey team that has not scored a goal for 123 minutes and 8 seconds. Going dating to the, uh, I believe it was the 308 mark left when uh, an empty net goal was scored by Matt Boldy against the Montreal Canadiens. Since then, the Wild have been shut out by the Seattle Kraken. And most recently, the Los Angeles Kings won nothing last night. Uh, plenty to talk about off that, Declan, but I want to start with the topic du jour, the topic of the day now uh just to set the table here we're recording this at 9 30 in the morning and so at some point uh today we're going to get clarification from the league about this but it definitely was a story off last night's game and uh, perhaps if you are a wild fan it was the most important story give me your opinion of the match penalty called on Kirill Kaprizov for an attempted cross check we actually hit more of his glove than his stick on the face of Drew Doughty um, there for sure was some intention there. Doughty's a pain in the ass, and he also has a history with Kaprizovs. And and look, that's Drew Doughty. Uh, he has been like this for the majority of his career. He has honestly kind of now become a new public enemy number one with Minnesota Wild fans with Kirill, uh, dating back to when Kaprizov debuted with the Wild a couple seasons ago. Uh, so he gets under his skin pretty easily, and I, I understand that. I don't believe it should have been a match penalty. I, there was certainly some intent. I, I guess uneducated referee Declan probably would have given him a double minor and called it good. Uh, I, I don't even yep. know if I can give him a, a full five. I don't even know if how that well, warrants. You can't. Yeah, that that's the problem. The cross- you can't give. Uh, there's no five minute cross checking penalty. It's two or four. If yeah. you go to five, it's intent to injure, which is a match penalty. Yeah, which is just BS. So you're me. right. So yep. I I think it should have been a double minor for sure. But the yep. fact that it. it, it because of this weird loophole, I guess, if you will, it becomes a a, a match, a uh, five minute, and then a match. I, I don't think he'll be suspended. I think the league will look at this and, and and say, okay, yes, there was intent, but you didn't actually hit him in the face. He hit him more in his glove. I think mostly it's going to be probably a fine at the worst and no suspension. Yeah, he is. Um, of course, Krill has zero history too so like there's nothing to to be like well you've done this before um i'm torn on this a little bit because one dowdy was cross-checking him and abusing him all night which which we saw and and especially before yeah and especially before he got mad and then attempted to cross-check dowdy who is who remains a marvelous workhorse player uh in the face all of that being said i'm with you i think you give him four there and I also, as I tweeted, no matter how badly Kirill was being abused, that's a stupid thing to do because you're you're attempting to crash check a guy in the face in front of everybody after you've been abused, so all eyes are on you. Like that's not an excusable action. Uh, if you want to hit him or try and rough him up later on in the game when all eyes aren't on you, that might be fine or that is fine. But yeah, I mean, I'm 
I don't want to absolve Kaprizov because that's that's behavior that's really, really dumb. That being said, it should have been four. I was surprised it was five. I think they thought that he hit him in the face. But then what's weird is they reviewed it, you know, to just to confirm that. And they kept and they kept the penalty. So um, I think you're right. I think he doesn't get suspended. I think he needs to be smarter because, you know, and this is going to get into the story of the game. What Drew Doughty did, and what teams are doing more now, is the template to stop this team. Yeah. And this comes back to one thing. And it's funny because they played this guy last night. Kevin Fiala is gone. This notion that his scoring was just going to be replaced by this accumulation of players, to me, was silly. Kevin Fiala, no matter what you thought, when he was going well, Declan, as you, as, I mean, heck, you were the number one stand. I was. I was. Um, Kevin Fiala is a special player. So, like, I never understood this. Well, you know, you get a few more from Goudreau, and then you get a few more from this guy, and then you get a few, like, as if they could do the same things. I mean, Fiala went on a heater at the end of last season in the regular season, which is, go back and look at it. It's phenomenal. So, where Kirill is going to have to keep his cool is this. One, the Wild can't lose him. Like, if he's out, it's over. You ain't a playoff team. Second of all, um, focusing now on Kaprizov decks is the way, because if you do that, there's a fighting chance that you are not going to have a secondary scoring guy who's just going to e- emerge. And And the last point is this. I understand that Greenway came back last night. I understand Felino is out. I understand Duhame is out, although I think the ESPN broadcasters were oversold on Duhame a bit. God bless him. He is a hard-working player, but he's like a fourth-line player, and they talked about him like he was like one. Well, they're missing Duhame. Okay, yeah, a little bit, but he's a tough player. Uh, And Hartman, who had a marvelous year goal-scoring-wise last year, but is off to a bad start and then got hurt, and I think he's out for at least a month. So... The point is, none of those guys are like Fiala light. Like, they're going to come back, and Kevin Fiala's scoring is replaced. Um, what we saw last night and what we've seen the last two games is the issue when teams focus and play smart games against Kaprizov. Uh, and so for Kaprizov to lose his cool is a bad sign because, dude, you're going to face a season of this without 22 on the second line. Yeah, I mean, they're banged up right now, so it's it's kind of hard for them to – be the juggernaut that they are, but when your superstar does something like that where then he removes himself from the game from a just a silly and kind of just irresponsible play, it's going to make the team's life um, a lot harder. Uh, to be honest, Judd, I, I, I think the soapbox and the thing that I have just come, come up with here in, in the last now 12 games that the Wild have played to start the season is, number one, they don't have a goaltending problem by any stretch of the means. Marc-Andre Fleury has been great. He has been great. Um, if, if you take away the first two games of the year, and I know those two games were losses, they were lopsided, they, they, their goaltending was horrible. In the eight games since, he has a 921 save percentage, a GAA of 2.3. That is significantly above what the NHL league average is doing. So basically in the last eight games, the Wild have gotten above average to superior goaltending from Marc-Andre Fleury. The issue with this team does not revolve around Mark Andre Fleury and he is he up there in age and can they can they trust trust Gustafson to you know be a spell starter here and there. This team's biggest issue is its five on five play. They have scored just eighteen goals five on five this season in twelve games. Only the Blues have scored fewer goals than that in that stretch. So 
this this problem for the Wild, and again, the injuries 100% play a factor, but 18 goals in 12 games, 5-on-5, is unacceptable. So if you're only going to score that many, and you can be lethal on the power play, but to my point, you can't rely just to get penalties. You can't just rely that once we get on the power play, we're going to score. That's a that's a terrible and non-sustainable way to win hockey games. So the the biggest issue with this team going forward is, yes, they have to get healthy, but the, the bigger one is they have to figure out ways to score on offense when it's 5-on-5. Five five. And losing Fiala hurts 100%, but they cannot score 5-on-5. Five five. Right, but they don't have a guy to. And that's the problem is the Calvary's not coming. Felino. You you pointed it out for two years. Felino's shooting percentage is unsustainable. He is not a natural scorer, okay? Ryan Hartman was off to a terrible start, had been moved. Keep in mind, before we started ta- talking about Ryan Hartman had, you know, what, 30 goals last year. Ryan Hartman had been moved to a wing, okay? So he was not playing well, and he is not expected to score 30 goals. That was a nice bonus. That was a bump. Um and and Duhame's a hard worker, but let's not mention him in the same sentence as if he hasn't seen Iowa in, you know, four years. So I'm with you completely. That's my point. Fiala's gone. You're not where this whole notion that you are just going to replace the scoring and quit with the injury thing. The injury thing, okay, the forecheck might improve for sure. Felino helps that. But you don't have the requisite guy or guys to just pick up goal scoring from a guy who was, in Kevin Fiala, a star player. Kaprizov at his best is a superstar. So I'm not I'm not saying that they're the same player. But Kevin Fiala gave you a second-line guy with Boldy that was really, really special. And so your point is dead-on accurate. And and I don't want to hear about, well, once Felino gets back, that's going to change. Okay, it's going to help a little bit, but it's not going to change things like that. He's not Fiala. He ain't going to come back and, oh, my God, he scored a hat trick. Now, now things are back on track. And Kaprizov now becomes easier to focus on. So I think what you're talking about, is not just a problem uh, through you know the last twelve games or so. What you're talking about is just a problem period, and and you know to the crowd that was like, well, they'll definitely find goals. They're not going to find that. They're not going to find a Kevin Fiala goal scorer. Um, no. So I'm just curious how they get themselves out of this, and I'm curious what they're going to do. I will say this from last night. And and this is especially true in the first period. I need better starts. I do need better starts, more engaged starts. I need a better forecheck, and Felino will help with that. Um, but he, but here's what's weird about that too, Dex. Okay, so I the puck possession in the first period was inexcusably bad. Like the Kings had the puck. It, it was basically like like the senior in high school against the uh, <laughs> yeah. freshman. Yeah. And what I don't <laughs> understand about that one is. The Wilds employing worker bees. So like getting the puck back, forechecking, getting in, playing playing a uh a, a tough, I should say, along the boards. It's not like that is a well, if you don't have your best players, you can't do I mean, that's exactly what the, these guys should do. So I think you are with your five on five point, you're hitting on exactly what the problem is. My curiosity is what's the solution? Because yeah. I don't see, like, a simple one. Like, who's going to score? Who's going to be on a guy just getting hot? When we're talking about replacing goal scoring, who is it? 
The the internal options here, if if we really want to go down the path, all right. Marco Rossi starts to get hot and he gets on a heater and becomes the offensive player that we assumed he was going to be when he was drafted. Uh, the other options, excuse me, is <clears throat> if Adam Beckman here, who's probably going to draw in on the second back to back against Anaheim, if he ends up forcing the hand a little bit, who has performed well in AHL. You know, I, right. I don't I don't look at him as like this game changing player, but you never right. know. Once a guy gets an opportunity, maybe he takes it and runs with it. And it wasn't just a fluke that he was scoring HL goals. He actually has actual goal-scoring ability. So there's internal options with those two that maybe they wake things up. Boldy, I know, has been playing a lot of minutes but hasn't had a goal. The entire team hasn't had a goal in two straight games. Um, so there's internal options. And then you have to look at external. You have to look at, do you want to buy a Bo Horvat? Do you have to buy a center at a high premium to wake up this offense and mortgage a future asset because it's go time here. Like it, I know they're strapped against the salary cap right now, but right. this team wasn't expected to just be middling. They were expected to still be a pretty good team in the Western conference. Maybe not on the same level as Colorado from the preseason models, but they were still expected to be a team that was firmly in the playoff race in the Western conference. And right now this offense is going to play itself out of even making the playoffs at this point. So the internal options for scoring are, are those two guys. And then if you really want to get crazy, you're going to have to sacrifice a future asset to get something external to wake up the offense. Yeah, and I don't – so I, I don't think that the Horvats and not, – not that he would be traded here, but the Patrick Canes of the world, I think all of those guys are going to be dealt at the deadline. Yeah. Like the premium that you would have to give up right now to extract a, a – Horvat, if you could make it work too, just cap wise, like if if you could send the Canucks back enough, um, the premium would be so high that I think it's going to be internal. Beckman, I'm not buying on. Like he might score a couple of goals, but again, guys can score a couple of goals. Um, I do. I will say this again though. Freddie Goudreau with Zuccarello and Kaprizov does nothing for me. It's a Dean Dean Evason dream worker B between my two guys. Um. Rossi's not playing that great again now, but again, you got him with worker bees and he's a skilled guy. So I think in some ways they're pretty screwed right now. <laughs> yeah. Like either they're, they're going to have a good game or two, but my point is like you're what you're, you're reading me stats that are now starting to take form as in identity stats, right? Yep. Like, like you're not saying, okay, for a couple of games here, it's been bad, but this team can score goals. Like this is a concern. Yeah. You're now you're now providing me with evidence of the concern being justified, and it's not five games; it's twelve games. I think you said, and I test wise, Dex, we watch it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is a problem." Um, and yes, I want them to have the puck more. I want them to work harder, more consistently. I want them to drive the bleeping net, which they don't do enough. You got to get to the net. But all of that being said, I don't even know if that solves it. So. Yeah, I, th- I I mean, I don't know what you do because, yes, if you could go out and make a trade tomorrow, it'd probably be smart to, like, explore that. But cap-wise and from a teams that are going to be dealing-wise, you know, and unless you take a guy uh, and find a way to make it work who you don't really like that much, but you're like, well, this dude can score some goals. But the one thing that we know is Kevin Fiala's on the Kings. He's not going to walk through that door. <laughs> And and there's times that this team still plays like, well, we've got we've got Kevin coming up, and it's like, no, you don't. And Corell's being beaten up, and he should be. It's a very smart thing. Um, 
So, I, you know, short of trying something with that first line that doesn't involve, you know, Dean's favorite guy, I'm just... Goudreau works hard, and I really like how he plays, but but this reliance on him. I think Ray Ferraro, who used to room with Dean uh, in their playing days, you know, ba- basically oh, yeah. said that he's there. He said Goudreau is Dean's fix-it guy. All right? As you know, Declan Goff, if I have an electronical problem at my house, I call Finch. Do you yeah. know why I call Finch home solutions? Because they are a first-line center. <laughs> Me trying to fix those problems is, is Goudreau at center Goudreau. on this line. <laughs> okay? Dean thinks he's a fix-it guy, but he is not a fix-it guy here. Uh, so, yeah, that's my rant. I mean, I just – I'm genuinely concerned. They're going to score again, but I'm genuinely yeah, concerned about the consistency of it, that. It, it's the law of average. I mean, they, they're – yes, they've gone two straight games without being able to score, and that's – that's hurting them for sure. The injuries are not fun. They're playing, you know, three AHL guys that probably shouldn't really be near the roster. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to win some games here. You got to figure out ways to win. The hockey teams win randomly all the time. You know, the, I brought yeah. up the point um, to you a few weeks ago when we were at the X when the Arizona Coyotes went into Toronto plus 450 on a money line on a betting system, which is hit insanely, insanely high. You never see a hockey team with that high of odds to win and they go in Toronto and they win because it's hockey and it's random and sometimes you get hot and you beat a good team the wild have are playing also the ducks who probably aren't going to be anything special they the kings are a lot better i'll give the kings credit it was a one nothing dog fight yeah and they give up a ton like, of goals their goaltending they stinks they give up a ton of goals so that, yeah their goaltending stinks so at, at some point here things average out but it i, I would say it's not a goaltending issue um it's it's a scoring issue this team cannot score it oh, cannot right. score. Yes. Yeah. In, in fact, the good news is, yes, Marc-Andre Fleury last night again, and th- this is now becoming the regular theme for a guy who I believe turns, what, th- 38 years old later this month, was spectacular. I mean, he He's good. That's, a, that's a five rip game without him, at least five rip, if not six rip. I mean, that was, he was marvelous. And, and Jonathan Quick got the shutout. He's also an old man. Good for him. But the reality is, you know, there were long stretches where he didn't have to do jack. Oh, no. no like, no, first no. period. So, like, let's not – that that Mark andre Fleury – and the Velarde goal was a nice goal. I, I, I mean, you know, Flower gave up one goal, so yeah. it's fine. But the point is, um, the Velarde goal was a nice goal, but other than that, Marc-Andre Fleury made several spectacular saves. He was absolutely outstanding. Uh, yeah, this team does not, right now, this team's, the first two games, or actually for Flower, the first four periods are long forgotten. Um, he has been great. He's not the problem. The problem is, as you said, very specifically, five on five. Uh, the penalty kill last night found its niche there. That was good. Over for 4 for, for the Kings, mm-hmm. killed off a of five. Now, the Kings... Power play didn't look great, but I couldn't decide if that was because the Kings' power play didn't look great or if that's a credit to the, the fact that the Wild penalty kill looked really, really sharp. But, yes, the the highlights for me off that game were twofold. Flurry and goal is one. Yeah. And the second one, the penalty kill. Um, hey, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I broached this before, but I saw it again last night. And at the end, at the end of the game, right before Goudreau, Got that last shot, or actually he centered the puck. His time expired, and it almost deflected off a king and in. 
Um, I, but I firmly have started to believe this now completely. I don't think Dumba wants to shoot. No, he doesn't. I don't know if it hurts. But, I mean, Dumba had the puck on a stick, and he passed to Goudreau, and I know that he didn't have a lane, per se, but he didn't even try to find one. Um, I don't think he can shoot, Dex. No, he he's no longer the player he used to be. I mean, it's and it's just it's alarming his lapses, his mistakes. You know, you were able to kind of for a good portion of his career take some of the lumps uh, with his game defensively because of what he brought offensively. Um, now he's not; he's just not a good player offensively. He's, he's not. No. And and this is, you're you're watching the end of Matt Dumba again. I I don't know if we'll get um, I don't know if we'll see him traded because I just don't know what value he'll recuperate. But I think you're seeing the last season of Matt Dumba. I just think you are. Yeah, I, I just, I guess I'm alarmed. I, I shouldn't be because he's had shoulder problems, but I am just alarmed now at the amount of times that I really think, and he'll shoot occasionally because he does have shots, but I'm alarmed at the amount of times where that howitzer would have been a, you know, a great thing. And he's just like, I'm going to pass. And I mean, you know, let's, again, he passed to Goudreau as time's expiring. So like, there's no, this is not a, uh, well, he'll work it around in the, the perimeter or something. Um, yeah, that it's just, it's sort of sad, and there are times, as you just said, he has lapses as well, and that's not sad. It's frustrating uh, b- because that's basically him from the beginning of his career, but the shooting thing is just really, really sad. So, anyway, one nothing. Wild lo- loses. Uh, Kaprizov will meet, I'm sure, by phone with a George Peros. Yes, he's a former goon, but now he's the head of the Department yes, of Players. Players. Safety. Uh, uh, the Department of Player Safety is a group I don't trust, but I think, I mean, who knows? They might suspend him, but I don't think that they do. I think that he is cleared to play in tonight's game against the Ducks. But nonetheless, Kirill, you got to be smarter. Pick and choose your places for retaliation. That's my two cents, Dex. All right, man. Well, let's see if the Wild uh, get back on track against the Ducks here. Yeah, maybe even just score a goal. I think maybe step one, score a goal after being shut out here for two two and a half straight games. That'd be nice. You can't score against the Ducks. I'm then we got dumb. problems. We got bigger problems. So we'll see what happens. And I'm sure we'll be back probably even uh, tomorrow again to break down another Ducks game. So hopefully we're talking about a team that scored goals uh, and was able to actually get a win. So we'll see what happens. All right, man. Uh, hit the subscribe button. For Daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment right here on Score North, this is Judd's Hockey Show uh, and Pass Shoot Score. Searching for the perfect gift idea for that hard-to-buy person on your list? The Allbirds Wool Runner is a natural fit. The Wool Runner is super cozy, super comfy, and super giftable. It's made with ZQ-certified merino wool, a naturally cozy material that offers next-level comfort and a lower environmental impact. The cushioned midsole and versatile design offer all-day comfort in a classic style you can wear every day, even in a winter wonderland. And its fully machine washable construction makes it easy to keep your shoes looking like new. Allbirds shows off the Wool Runner's carbon footprint right on the shoe so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset that carbon footprint to zero, making the Wool Runner completely carbon neutral, so you can stay cozy and tread lighter on the planet. This holiday season, give tidings for comfort and coziness with the Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A L L B I R D S.com.